Hey everybody, welcome back to Point Break Minute, where we point out the moments and break down the minutes of Point Break one minute at a time, just for you. We do it for you. I'm Marin Kennedy. And I'm Jessa Lowe. Hey Jessa, how are you? I'm still sick, yeah, so um, this is going to be, yeah, it's going to be another short one, but it's a good one to be a short one, because this, this scene is 90% surfing and 90% slow-mo. Yep, it's a lot of surfing and a lot of uh, sort of uh, ad-libbed, yeah, go man, Woo-hoo! go, yeah. So, we'll just get right into it. This is minute 46. Um, Bodie and Johnny are uh, are sitting on their surfboards, waiting to go, and he says, Okay, Johnny, this one's got your name on it. Let's jam. Now paddle. Let's jam. Let's go. And uh, Utah's like, Shit, I'm gonna die now. I'm gonna fucking die now. Fuck. Whoa, you're surfing, man. Whoa, I'm fucking surfing. Yeah, check it out. Is this not the best feeling on earth? Yeah. Woo. Good break, Johnny. All right. Yeah. That was a great rendition. And that's the minute. We'll see you next time on another. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, basically, um, you know, there, there's a wave coming and uh, Utah goes for it. And uh, he's, he's serving kind of alongside Bodie there. There's um, some very intense trumpets. Yeah, the music in the last minute I was going to bring it up too, but I, I forgot. In this minute, it's still uh, Mark Isham or Isham score. Uh, Jake Hoyt said Isham, and he's a composer, so I'm going to trust him. Um, it's uh, it's really intense here. Um, I noticed in the last minute, in this minute, there's some very. It kind of remind it reminded me of Batman for some reason, like a Batman movie. Like he's he's uh, flying through the city, and it's like and these very this. This blast of trumpets comes in as he starts surfing, and it's very, it's very dramatic. I, re- I think I remember in the last minute it felt like soldiers getting ready to go to war. The music, it, and this time was like I don't know. This feels a little more superhero. They've to me. won the Super Bowl game. But then, well, yeah, I mean, it starts out with that dramatic kind of like bat. I'm just going to keep calling it Batman music because that's what it sounds like to me. But then, uh, as soon as he starts getting the hang of it, it turns into major key, victorious trumpets because um, he's getting it. He was getting it before. Like, he's had his victorious, like, I'm really surfing. I'm doing but it. he's one of the gang now. Now he's one of the gang, and he's surfing at night, which can't be easy. Yeah. It's got to be an extra challenge. But then again, no one can see how bad he is, like Tyler says. It's really about sense in the ocean. Speaking of seeing them, um, as far as we can tell, uh, Keanu learned to surf for this movie. Um, that's what it says in the uh, factoid section on IMDb, or the not factoid. You know what I'm talking about. Um, so I'm assuming that this is him because the surfing isn't anything. You know, it's not like crazy stunt surfing like we saw Scott Wilder doing in the introduction to Bodie, where he's like doing this perfect tunnel. They're just kind of they're going along. Um, I th- I think uh, Scott Wilder is probably still playing Bodie here um, because. Uh, we get a lot of uh, we get a couple of these great shots of Patrick Swayze's face to just like yep it's still Swayze but we don't get that for Utah because you can kind of still see his face as he's surfing but I do love these close-ups that we get of Bodie just kind of shaking his hair at the camera and like his beard <laughs> glowing like a thousand suns in blacklight <laughs> yeah his beard is just so blonde it's just it's too fucking blonde yeah. I was going to make that joke yesterday, but I forgot. Yeah. So there it is. Fight Thank Club, you. people. Fight Club. Yay. Jared Leto. Jared Leto. Ugh, Jared Leto. Um, 
Anyway, uh, yeah, we get lots of surfing. They've got the music. Uh, we also have more. I'm going to just do this every time. More alternate so, scripts. Yeah, this one's interesting. We've got a lot of descriptive uh, descriptive narration here. And uh, not as many lines because a lot of it was probably ad-libbed. The woos and the you got it mans and the let's jams. So we get uh, uh, from uh, taking off from the end of last minute, which is where uh, Utah said, yeah, right, Vision is highly overrated. Bodhi is looking at the lights along the shoreline. Without looking back, he senses the incoming swell. You want to do it, Jessa? This one's got your name on it, Johnny. Utah looks. Huge, glassy face, perfectly formed. Black and terrifying. Let's go. Bodhi digs in with both hands, driving himself forward. Johnny starts grabbing water right behind him. The wave picks them up. Shit! I'm gonna die! I'm gonna die now! Johnny uses the patented Tyler Pop. Remember that? <laughs> patented. When she goes, pop, pop. Well, I, was, I was hoping it was going to be the ta- the patented Tyler Pop and Lock. <laughs> I wish. That's that's the uh, other remake of yeah. Point Break. It's Point Pop and Lock. Yeah. Where they're, uh, they're breakdancing. Yeah. And he has to learn. I mean, that movie already He has to learn made. to breakdance in order to infiltrate crime <laughs> yeah, organizations. Oh, my God. That would be that step up for... <laughs> To, die, to live and let die or something. To live and let pop. <laughs> to live and let pop. <laughs> I really want to see that that uh, point. But they've done it with cars. Uh, they've done it with uh, skydiving only. Let's do it with dancing. Yeah. That's no, so with, with purely pop and locking. Well, only pop and locking. <laughs> okay, so that's going to be our next, uh, when I get the chance, I'm going to post on the Listener's Surf Shop, who would you cast in your Point Break dance remake? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Channing Tatum, right? Yeah. That's kind of an easy answer. Yeah. Um, so Johnny uses the patented Tyler Pop and makes it to his feet. Suddenly, he's going like a shot. He going moves, like a shot. Going like a shot. He moves back on the board, trims out, slowing down, maintains a fragile control <laughs> on pure adrenalized instinct. Heart pounding, he falls in face behind. Uh, he falls in behind Bodie, taking the same line along the roaring black face. I don't like this talk about black faces. Me either. It's a, I was very confused. It's terrifying and black, black face. Yeah. Huge glassy face, perfectly formed, black and terrifying. Yeah, yeah. No, it's not very PC. Yeah. Uh, Bodhi is like the Silver Surfer comic book reference ahead of him in the moonlight, not wanting to drop too far behind. Johnny walks a little forward on the board. The nose dips, picking up speed. I'm learning a lot about surfing wow. here. How this all works. Uh, if you do that on a skateboard, you slow down. You have to go back on the skateboard. Um, not that I'm any great skateboarder, but I've done it more than surfing. Johnny starts letting the speed work for him, learning that he can make long floating turns up and down the glassy face. Feeling the water under his feet, the tons of water piling up behind him, feeling its awesome power and borrowing a little of it. The silver surfer and the quarterback <laughs> rocket through the night. That's a comic book I want to read. The silver surfer and the quarterback. <laughs> That's awesome. Or it's a crime fighting duo. Yeah. You know? Like Jake and the Fat Man. It's uh, <laughs> Turner and Hooch. Yeah. Mazzoli and Isles. Silver surfer and yep. the quarterback. Yeah. Murtaugh and Riggs. Um, uh, yeah. I really want to see that or slash read that. Mm-hmm. It could be, you know, the silver surfer from Fantastic Four and whatnot as a hard-boiled detective and then yeah. this young quarterback kid is his like the the rookie that he has yeah. to take under his under his arm and yeah. uh his silvery silvery arm anyway uh 
Utah has a big, feral grin plastered on his face. I mean, that's one way to describe him. <laughs> I don't think Keanu has that look in his uh, in his pantheon. His pantheon. His his toolbox. Wait, it says Utah has a feral grin. Yeah, Utah no, has Bodhi a. Bodie has a feral grin. That's what it says. Utah has a big no. feral grin. Ugh. Maybe that's when they were considering Matthew Broderick for the role. Yeah. <laughs> because he he definitely has that look. No. Uh, Bodie looks back. Gives him a thumbs up. <laughs> this feels like this is reversed. Utah does the thumbs up. Bodhi yeah. has the feral grin. Then he cuts left and drops giddily down to the bottom, slashing back and climbing. Utah tries it. Feels a drop like a free fall. Feels the speed. And I'm going to cut it off there. Uh, it's hard to tell exactly where this, this minute ends according to this script, but uh, there's a lot, of, a lot of fun description of surfing there. Yeah. I just wanted to say that... Uh, um, Pat Banta is credited as uh, Keanu Reeves' stunt double, but since it also says Keanu Reeves learned how to surf, I'm assuming Pat Banta does the stunts for other things, like the the falls, the the skydives, that sort of thing. Yeah, and like you're talking about, like it makes sense that Keanu's like would be doing his own stunts because he's supposed to be a bad surfer. Yeah, or is like Patrick Swayze is supposed to be like an expert surfer, so he couldn't have learned to look that good yeah. at the, the time he was given. So they got a stunt double, they got an expert surfer, but Keanu Reeves is, is supposed to look like he's learning how to surf. So I don't know. Could maybe it is Pat Banta? I I don't know for sure. Anyway, um, yeah. Yeah, I think that's about it for for minute 46. You got yeah. anything, Jessa? Nope. All right. It's an even shorter episode. Yeah. And uh, it's going to be, uh, we're, we're just going to dive into a joint recommendation. Yep. Because we're both so on board with it. Yeah. Queer Eye. For the straight guy. Well, it's just called Queer Eye no, now. No, it's Queer Eye for the straight guy, isn't it? No, well, the the reboot is just labeled as Queer Eye. but. Oh, that's true. Okay. Yeah, that Maybe is that's the differentiation true. they have between yeah. the original... Because the old, so I grew up watching Queer Eye for the Straight Guy and freaking loving that show. Mm-hmm. Like Carson Creasley, Ted Allen, Nate Burkus, like all of those people, I freaking loved them. And now they've rebooted it and have a bunch of people who I don't know but are all equally awesome. Um, they have Anthony, who is the new Ted Allen, and he does food and wine. And then there's um, kind of looks like John Mayer. Yeah. But I don't hold it against him. <laughs> but he's handsome and nice. And I feel like John Mayer is neither of those things. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then there's, um, what's his name? The guy who does culture? Karamo. Or is it Karama? It's Karamo. Okay, so Karamo is very handsome and he does culture and he looks like a model. Um, and we've yeah. yet to kind of figure out what culture is so far. Well, I, I really love Karamo and yeah. I love his... Yeah, it is kind of hard to label exactly what he does on the show, but it's clearly very important. Yes. Like, he always – I mean, maybe more or less important depending on who their subject is. Um, yeah. Like, for uh, the guy we saw – for the, when they, they actually um, – maybe they don't call it Queer Eye for the straight guy because one of their subjects has not been straight. Yeah. They, they uh, made over this uh, gay man who is not out to his – uh, mother-in-law yet he's and he's Not out to sort of his stepmother step, stepmother excuse me um and he's out to his friends but he's not very like he doesn't wear it you know he doesn't he, he tries to he, he like, tries to hide it yeah. by dressing like an accountant kind of pretty much he's like he had kind of a boring like construction job he was yeah. like an engineer or something so it kind of made sense but 
he had like cargo shorts and like just a button shirt yeah. really boring colors and anyways anyway uh so with that one karamo had more to say he had to, he sort of like talked him through his coming out and it was really and like they worked together on like doing some like they did like a rope course thing to work on like fear and all that yeah yeah and so it seems like every time karamo actually was on another episode and he was all of the show so far all the episodes that we've watched take place in georgia yeah, um, so like it's based in Atlanta. Yeah, which is very interesting. Um, and they do bring it up in about every single episode about how Karamo is a black gay man and how, I mean, they're all gay men in Georgia and um, the struggles of that. But um, they're making over a white police officer. Yeah. So they have this really, really deep, interesting conversation between Karamo and the white police officer um, kind of trying to unpack their stereotypes against each other yeah um yeah it was it was powerful i mean it was it was a fairly short conversation i don't think you want to have like that be half the episode because that's not what we're watching this for but exactly it was really cool and they they were both uh i was when i'm watching it i was like oh crap you know how is if this goes badly that's going to be really awkward but they're they're both they're both you know good clearly good people and both listen to each other um and it was it was pretty cool yeah, and then they have um, Tan, who does fashion, and then they have um, uh, Jonathan, who does grooming, and I'm on the fence about Jonathan. He's the most kind of over the top out of all of them, Yeah, and like, I have a hard time telling if he's an auth- he's authentic. Yeah, he has he has very he has the opposite of what the, the other subject was, which is like, he is all about that flamboyant. Uh, you like know, he self. always says yes queen yeah he has all it's all the gay stereotypes are in this man and, yeah that's uh, fine i think i mean that probably is who he is but he, he seemed it does come off as a little less authentic than the other guy and he's also the hairstylist so i always have questions in terms of like it seems like some of the time he sty- is the one who styles their hair and some of the time he's not but what I realize is when he's not the hairstylist, it's usually for black guys, people he's not doing their hair. Yeah. I mean, which that makes, makes sense. sense yeah. Which makes sense because, you know, I'm going to throw this out there as a hairstylist and as um, a hairstylist who is not a person of color, um, a lot of times, you know, you, you want to go to the stylist who has hair like you. So I don't get a whole lot of, you know, people people of color coming into my salon i mean i do but i don't get a lot of people with the kinky curly hair um coming in to see me and um i've i do i do not say ethnic hair some people say that but i think that's really wrong i just call it what it is which is kinky and curly um so not all i mean ethnic is a weird term it's a very weird term fall under that quote-unquote umbrella have that hair exactly and i love straight hair some you know it it was such a uh, when I went to beauty school, like one of my best friends in beauty school had like super kinky curly hair, and she and I would always talk about how like you know she would never trust me to do her hair, which is fine, um, but I would have her teach me how to do it because, you know I I'm not gonna be somebody who doesn't know how to do that. Yeah. Um. But we would always talk about how. You, yeah. Using... I mean, you don't want to. You you know it makes sense to go to someone who has your hair to have your hair cut, but you never know if you have to step in for someone, you know, you want to at least know. I want everybody to be able to, to, be able to come to, to me to do my hair. I actually yeah. specialize in braiding and 
um, a lot of times people who have kinky curly hair do braiding as a protective hairstyle. So I need to know how to do that. Anyways, this isn't really the story. So Jonathan um, usually hires a barber to do um, uh, black guy's hair, which makes sense. You know, Um, they still kind of advises them, though. He still does advise them and he watches the whole process and he makes sure. But it, it does make me wonder sometimes, is he actually a hairstylist? Yeah. And I don't know if you if anybody out there does know, let me know. Seems like he knew what he was talking about with um, uh, the AJ when he was like talking about how to like shave properly and yeah. the, do the the edging and all that. Yeah. So I think he probably is. Anyways, but... hairstylist talk. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway. But it's really sweet. So basically, the premise of Queer Eye for the Straight Guy and this Queer Eye, which we have yet to determine, is whether it's actually Queer Eye for the Straight Guy or for the Queer Eye, is that a man is nominated for a makeover by like a friend or a spouse or someone and um this group of guys come and oh and there's bobby and bobby does design um so this group of five guys they're called the fab five i kid you not so we got bobby on design we've got tan on fashion we've got karamo on culture we've got anthony on food and wine and jonathan on grooming so they all come they basically take a look at this person's life they, you know, go through their house, their lifestyle, their clothing, their habits, and all of that, and determine how they can make them the best version of themselves. And they do a really good job of not having these people who, for instance, let's say they're, the one we just watched was a guy who was a, a very, very, very religious um, father of six. And he has no time and he has no money. So they did stuff like, this is how you shop at Target for clothes. This is how you're going to buy your food from Target. Yeah, they catered well. They catered well to each uh, subject. And they don't, you know, like, oh, we have to go and do them like the perfect fashion. for. Yeah, now we're going to go to Club Monaco and pick out your suit for you. And this is how you're going to shop at Club Monaco. No. Um, So they do that. And then they, a lot of times, will redo their houses for them. Um, Not so far as like extreme home makeover but they reuse a lot of stuff and they'll just repaint and just like make the space work better for them um while still fitting in with a person's style and and functions and all of that they'll show them how to cook food for themselves because a lot of times these guys don't know how to cook food for themselves um or for other people or even how to eat right and um you know they'll get their hair cut all nice they'll teach them some basic grooming habits which unfortunately some guys just don't know um like things like you need to floss your teeth and you need to wear moisturizer um and they you know they like all makeover shows there's a big reveal and usually there's an event that the reveal centers around like one of the episodes was the guy coming out um to his stepmom was the big event another one was a wedding reception you know just all sorts of stuff um i've cried in every single episode Mern and I watched an episode this morning, and we're both, like, sobbing. Yeah. Um, it was the one where AJ came out to his stepmom. Yeah. Um, and no spoilers there, but I have literally cried in every single episode. It is so cute and sweet, and everybody's always best friends with each other by the end. It doesn't matter how bigoted or, you know, whatever these people have grown up as when 
they're all together and they, they just all love each other and it's so sweet and heartwarming yeah i i was we we're talking about the good place in the last episode and that was like my new show but then this one we started watching this one yeah. and i think i'm more hooked on this than the good place make a the good place was good you know but last night i started watching queer eye because i'm sick and was like oh i remember queer eye from when i was a little kid and um so it's just it, it gets in all the feels yeah it's just really satisfying to see these people like their their lives I, I wish they could come and make me over i know i was trying to figure out a way that we could like like say like oh murin doesn't dress good and like put him like in yeah. overalls and a star wars t-shirt and be like <laughs> i mean that i've worn us. that before i mean you have but like I, yeah, I, I mean, I'd be a case where it's like, well, you're almost, you're well, halfway there. But, oh, so. so I was thinking about this. I was like, how could we make it look like we could get them to come and all be our best friends? But then yeah. we watched the episode of like the dad who works two jobs and has six kids and was like, okay, yeah. there are people who need this so much more oh, than we yeah. do. Um, we don't need this. We yeah, can get I don't, our own shit I don't together. wear uh, gym clothes all day. Yeah. And, you know, we can clean up after ourselves. We'll yeah, be okay. We know how to do it. We just don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We talked about as long about Queer Eye as we did about Point Break, I think. Which yeah. Is I freaking love Queer Eye. Fine with me. Yeah. It, it's really great. I totally recommend it. It's on Netflix. Uh, it's, I don't know how many episodes there are, but it's wonderful. Uh, anyway, uh, check out our Point Break Minute Listener Surf Shop. We'll be, I keep saying, we'll be posting stuff on there. We will when we have time. Uh, we were just on the uh, Lord of the Rings minute. We're on Lord of the Rings. Posted about. Uh, and that was a lot of fun. Disclosure, I know nothing about Lord of the Rings. Uh, and Cass and Norm. Yeah. Norm. Um, cheers, guys. Uh, and also, we're on the latest Cosmic Geppetto. Uh, we did a little skit, a little uh, radio skit. And uh, I, I play a executive of a film company i guess and uh jessa does a little narration for the skit and uh mm-hmm. it's a lot of fun it's really fun so for the the black the episode they talk about black panther so which awesome. i'm super excited for yeah well we'll see you on the flip side on another point break minute bro. <laughs>